Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And then I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to have as many glasses as Elton John does. And I was like, wait a minute. That's that's not like a little boy thing to say. The bitch is back. Oh my gosh. Welcome to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. The podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? After quite a long hiatus, we are here for season two. I just want to explain to you what took so long. Uh, On top of a huge cross-country move from New York to Los Angeles, I had what some professionals might call um, a deep depression. Um, Others might call it a crisis. It's whatever you want to make it, but I just, so many things happened that, not even interesting enough to go into, but I really went through a rough period, and I couldn't even do the pod, I wasn't putting up any videos, but I took the time to myself, really leaning into therapy and to the pills, and I'm really, really happy to be doing this podcast again. And back with you gay-ass girlies. Uh, I'm working with a new producer, Jonathan. Say hey, Jonathan. Hey! I'm kidding. That was me. I'm in my bedroom. Um, But because of Jonathan, who is a gosh darn star, I can put out a lot more episodes. I'm going to be doing a lot more bonuses for Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. And I want to be doing a lot of new recaps because I've been guesting on other podcasts, talking a lot about Bravo and other shows. So if you have any shows in mind that you think would be good to recap, please let me know. I'm considering maybe doing a Love Island moment since I just got into that. Celebrity Big Brother. I'm thinking that. Do I go to a classic Bravo? Do I do all of HBO Max? I'm curious to know what you think because I'm going to be getting a lot of those new episodes out. Speaking of recording from this bedroom, uh, y'all, my man, Matthew Lummis, he made this place so cute. We were living on the east side, very close to Silver Lake. Our neighborhood is called Rampart Village. No one here has heard of it, Uh, but it's really great. We're close to our friends. And while I miss my friends in New York so much... I've been very happy with this move, and I just, I know it was the right call. For our first episode of season two, we have Bowen Yang, gay icon, SNL cast member, Las Culturistas Girlina. And for complete transparency, we did record this right before I moved and had my crisis, so if you hear any timeline discrepancies, that explains that. But damn, this episode is so good. So I just wanted to get straight into it. Please follow along at Gay As Podcast on Instagram and just let the world know you love this episode. <gasps> Gay As Podcast is back. Ah! What an amazing day for That's a Gay As Podcast. Bo and Yang, I just have been dreaming, wishing, hoping, and the fact that you are here, I cannot be more gracious excited and just so appreciative that you are here and i want to thank you from I'm the bottom so of my gay ass heart here. oh my god i'm i'm so grateful from the bottom of my gay ass heart to be here should we let should we key in the listener with our scheduling drama i think we should everyone 
All right. Well, Eric, Eric, Eric reached out in, in the loveliest way possible. I was so excited to do it. And then shit got crazy on a Monday. And then I just fully forgot. I was on the train when you emailed me. Hey, are we still on? <laughs> it was, I was 15 minutes late. And then I was like, oh my God, I forgot. I was heading into work because I had to, because they called me in last minute. And then. Can you um, illustrate the look on your face when you realized what was, it was happening? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a. Like it was like like my eyes went up, like my <laughs> eye line went up. Like it's you know when you look at the ceiling when something is so shocking. Jaw open, eye up. Jaw oh, jaw dropped, eye up. Like oh my god, yeah, yeah. Like that's it. Yeah, you're doing it. Anyway, and then um, you went. That was it. But listen, and then I, I want to <laughs> illustrate to the audience that the second Bowen got into the Zoomerie, he started to apologize profusely. I said, Bowen, because look me in the eyes. you deserve it. But like, listen, I just, I do appreciate the apology and I never want you to feel unappreciated in your apologetic ways, but I want to let you know that you, your response to me was so gracious and kind that zero part of me was like, <sighs> well, the rumors are true. Which there aren't rumors. And the rumors, aren't rumors are that Bowen sends really harried emails. <laughs> I mean, oh, we should say Mercury was in retrograde. And as of today, we're out. Thank and God. So I here just, we are. We are here. And I think that's all that matters is that we are here on HBO. We are um, here. Oh, my God. Season two. Now now, now on HBO Max. You know, first season had an episode in my home state of Missouri. And the tears I cried when they are just having these gay people queer people and their families come to their drag shows i just think the show really is doing it was, doing it, it right so good i can't wait for this season i haven't watched the premiere yet but wait was the, are you from that oh wait is it was it that bible vegas town so there was like exactly it's um what branson so i'm not from branson, branson but i'm from okay. saint and I, I get dragged all the time on this podcast because it's like i'm from st louis missouri which is like yes yeah. the cosmopolitan city of missouri sure but, but it's still informed by the surroundings, exactly. sort of. And so I did not live a circus Branson life. No, no. But right. when I still see a family of people in Missouri going to cheer on their queer child in the circus of Branson, I still feel a kindred connection to that city. Of course. And those people. I have, no, I, I have no association with Missouri as a state overall and i still got emotional i was like this is exactly incredible. and i have to tell you something that one of the reasons why i think i still carry some of that with me is because mm -hmm. i've had enough experiences and listen let me be the first to say i love st louis i love missouri i love being there and visiting it love truly it. i every time i'm there I'm like i guess i should move here but uh -huh. matt and i will go to a grocery store and then, and we, like two visits ago, we got stared at so hardcore by the old white guy that was checking yeah. us out at the end. And I was like, air, it's still air, is happening and I'm not pricing. This yeah. is why we tell this story. Yeah. That's, I think, so that's why I think I sometimes feel that emotionality about it because it still is, there's so many wonderful things about it, but it still yeah. is in the Midwest and there are still people that have forgotten or never learned that people like us are gorgeous too. And like, don't you feel sometimes when I watch We're Here, I'm like, thank God I'm seeing these people. Like, like get, get like the coastal elite queers out of the way, like off the screen. Like yeah. I, I, we, we've hit our, we've hit our cap. Not our, not our cap, but it's like, let me like actually balance this out by like watching people who like live in like these places where it's kind of there, there is this like weird tenuous danger to their lives yes. day in and day out. And like actually like, you know, I don't know, like them being there. I, I don't mean to like patronize or fetishize that. It's just like, it, I just think it's so it's, it's my, it's, it's really wonderful to see. I think it's just more real, too, because you're yeah. not seeing just the one type of life or coastal elite of it all. It's you're actually seeing people exactly. who are actually going through some shit with their families and people around them. And then to yeah. see Eureka O'Hara tower in on her 12 feet heels. And then uh -huh. I just... Eureka O'Hara, I, 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 I'm sure her love bank Eureka. account is thriving. I'm hoping that her life is thriving. I just think Me that... Too. Did you think when we first saw Eureka and Drag Race that you would envision her to be on what three TV shows at one time on TV? I'm sure. I'm sure I didn't. I I didn't exclude it from possibility. I just thought. I just didn't realize that like she would be this. Like I just I was pretty ambivalent about Eureka when mm -hmm. she was on Drag Race, and then we're here. It really clicked for me. I was like, oh, she's really good at all of it. And then, and then meanwhile, like Bob, Bob and Chantel, but Bob especially. I mean, she's Bob is my favorite for all time. Yeah, she's like my number one. And Bob, like being able to talk to anybody in any town in this country, I'm like, that is, I mean, that's a star right there. 
That's a star and also I'm just envisioning like Bob deserves the world and I could see Bob being having a show that is the next Oprah-esque yep. great. Like I think she deserves. She deserves, she can do it. She deserves, she is prepared. Funny. Anyway. Deep, witty, kind, gorgeous yes. looks. Um, I do want to also congratulate um, both of us in the Zoomery to talk yes. about Dr. Wendy Osefo's candles have gone oh out. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about it. It's I bought just... three of the of the five. Anyway, you sorry. did already. I did. So Quick do you, trigger. when you, I mean, speaking of trigger, the wicks of it all, do you feel like Karen versus Wendy? How are we? I mean, I think a single wick, if it carries a lot of punch, who cares how many wicks? I don't care how many wicks. In fact, when I think three wick candle, I think, oh, you mean like, a fucking mosquito one like for outdoors <laughs> like the what is it called the the citronella citronella like yeah, yeah 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 like i think citronella when i think three wick and like, i, I think need... spa bathroom long white i'll never have this in my home i'm not gonna light three wicks because then i gotta <laughs> snip three wicks like I, I like i just bought like wick trimmers for the first time because i guess like i was like i should probably not set my house on fire and like sure. control the flame but um three weeks just feels tedious it's three weeks is tedium tedium and i think that candles are more divisive than we initially thought because i swear to good god i'm sitting on my couch minding my own the next thing i know i smell this very oppressive smell and i say to myself i enjoy weed so very much but i don't yeah. the, the the flower smell that i'm getting right now i did not perform that and i look over and it was casey musgrave's candle staring me in the eye and i didn't and i love casey you don't musgrave. like you don't, you don't like slow burn you don't I like that like that's, that's, that's one burn. of my favorite oh candles. shit and this is where damn we... and this is this is actually but no you're this is proving your point candles are divisive candles are literally proving my point i just i maybe was hurt by a man or something that was smelling like of raspberries or whatever <laughs> of like raspberries raspberry and weed smell. i don't know what it was it was just like i looked over and i was like yeah and then and then matt lit it again like a week later and it's like confirmed i don't like and i just i don't i don't i didn't really? choose this life i, I wish i yeah. liked it but that specific handle is the no for me that's okay that's okay i'm i'm really curious as to what I was reading the descriptions on Wendy's candles and all of them are like named after my son, Wendy's son King. <laughs> this one smells like, I mean, and they, they're fully like the, 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 it does not describe the actual <laughs> scent. It only describes like the His third fantasy. grade basketball practice or no, no, it's like this one smells like you're on a boat or something. Like it, it's, it's, it's like shit. Like I'm like, well, no, but can you give me like the notes of, of stuff? Like maybe does, there's where's no, there's the no boat? information. Where's the boat? How is many people like, on the boat? I mean, beyond that, is there like a citrus, a floral? Like, like there, there's none of that information. It's just purely like the ambient fantasy of like where, where you would picture yourself being. Which sure. Is, is not well, helpful. we have to follow up and see how the candles smell once you get that. Yes. Happy to. I, and the thing is, is I want Dr. Wenny to have a huge candle Two. factory. I want Karen to be in every Bloomingdale's and have her richness. But mm -hmm. do you think the show is forcing a plot storyline? That is the candle versus candle. I loved, I, I, if it is produced, if it is forced, I think, it, it feels so like textbook housewives yes. to me that I don't mind it. And also like, I love both of these. I'm not choosing sides, even right. though I, I've said that I don't like three wick candles. I will probably end up buying the three wick Karen candle. Is it on sale yet? I don't Do know? know. And I, I, if it is, we should buy both. We should buy both. Um, I, I love both of these women so much. And I, I just love that it feels like such a, like they're warring over their candle lines. Like that is so housewives. It's so good. And this is actually a conversation I was having the other day with some friends about the, the housewives. And I'm, I'm curious for your answer for this. These plot lines and these storylines are what really feed us. But I think that the more we get into the world, like what we're 15 years in since OC premiered. And yeah. I think that, you know, Brian Moylan, who is actually on this podcast talking about his book about the real housewives. Oh, he's like the expert. Yeah. Incredible. So, so many behind the scenes looks into not only storylines but of course casting and just and negotiations mm. with contracts all of the making of the show do you think 10 years from now we're gonna know so much about the housewives and like our fandom will have given us such an inside look that it will lose the magic and it was or will it still be prevailing because they'll reinvent the wheel of how the show comes together and still is organic bitchery and drama well i feel like first of all i should say that i 
came in very late to mm. Housewives in general. Like I it was probably right before the pandemic when I started to like, or no, it was like it was like a couple of years before the pandemic when like the only thing I would watch was New York was Roni. And then broaden my scope, loved Potomac the first season I watched it, which was probably three or four. Mm-hmm. And then since then I've slowly like broadened it. But um so I should say that I'm not I am by no means an expert. I'm not Brian Moylan level. Um and I think, I mean, with the, I need to read that Erica Jane article that they wrote on the New York Times, but like, just that's the perfect example of like, no, like this will all, as long as like TV, as long as reality TV is still relevant, like. Oh, that's true. I, I think like we're we're always, which I don't foresee it losing its relevance anytime soon. I feel like Housewives will, will just adapt to the ways that, you know, TV always adapts to everything and but like but but that these are shows that adapt to their lives and we're fascinated by their lives like the Erica Jane thing is truly so sad and tragic but also funny but also (laughs) not it's like there's just so it's just everything can all these different ideas converge on these women's lives and I think like as an audience we like have to watch we have no choice I mean I think especially when the laws involved and at that degree like when the Erica Jane stuff started I did not I knew it was going to be big I didn't know how soon they would have what was that bad documentary on that was like was it oh the the beauty and the the beauty and the whatever exactly like the beautician and the car like whatever it was it was like (laughs) Uh yeah it was pretty already bad documentary done like really at the beginning and then and then to see it on tiktok and all of these 16 year olds doing the erica jane well tom's house is broken into yeah 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 it's like oh it's like it's still very cultural i will i because i feel like i mean every i think everyone can agree that like we're in this new golden age of housewives yes between erica and and salt lake like the gen shot like again gen shaw is another example like this is someone who is so I mean, just like, it's just, there's just so much going on. And the fact that a huge film, like, what is it? Halloween that Kyle Richards is in or mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. And that I, I want to, I, I cannot believe that Kyle Richards is sitting at the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion and they are doing cross promotion where exactly. they say, oh, and Kyle, you, you had a scare this morning when you left your house, right? She's like, oh, did I, Andy? I was like, <laughs> I'm picturing the studio executives like, okay, how can we do some promo and press for this They're for loving this movie? it. They're loving it. And like, it's just, I, I feel like this is like this crucible that housewives is walking through right now where it'll come out the other side in a new form mm. like new york but like, but like to bring speaking of new york like that is sad like it's sad that like it really really was not was rough i'd barely watched it this season I, I watched the black shabbat thing and only because i had heard that ramona like had hit a new low really bad I, I was speaking with someone about that, that it was one of the, oh, maybe the boys from Watch What Crappens. I was, it was one of the only times that like I, Eric Williams, was offended watching. It was just so hard to watch. Yeah, it was. It, yeah. It was and difficult. just like the fact, I mean, I mean, it's, it can be a little laughable now that Ramona felt that the Jews were um, uh, targeting her in college and that, you know, well, none of the Jews liked her. It's like. Well, I, well, I, I had a black nurse who, too, and who did believe me. You know, when I was in pain, it's like, oh my god, oh my shut god. the fuck up! Like, I, she, she, like, I, I really would like, I would like her to suffer so badly. Like, I don't feel that way about anybody except Ramona Singer. It's so crazy. Do you want her though to suffer publicly on television next season in Roni, or do you want her to be no, fired? I don't, I don't, I don't want to watch her. I, I really don't want to watch her on TV. And she's the only housewife that I feel that way about. I'm like, I don't want to see you. I know, and then the fact that they brought her back for the All Stars, and there's going to be now oh, yeah. Ramona I, I, fighting with Kenya, and all. It's like, I think maybe she'll suffer in that. Bone. I really she, think that yeah, we might. She get might. That. She might, and that might actually be a fun comeuppance. But anyway, well, um, truly, I mean, there's we there's no end to her housewives to be discussed, and I I'm just grateful that you took that journey with me. But I do want to mm-hmm. go on another journey and ask you a really important question. When you were kind of envisioning the characterization of the proud gay Oompa Loompa, um, oh, no. <laughs> top or bottom, yes. what do you think? I think he is just a really soft, gentle top. Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. A really considerate top. And um, 
But gosh, I mean, proud game of Balumpa. I, I normally am like, this is this is the normal cycle of like what I do when um please I I put something on SNL like I'll like watch it a bunch of times on Sunday to be like what what was I doing and then I'll just like over time I'll like forget about it and mm-hmm. I'll just like close close the chapter on it in my head. This one was I mean it was so fun to write and um Anna Dresden and Allison Gates helped me write it and it was so 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 fun. It was a little bit of like a weird rush order because we wrote it we like we kind of landed on the idea on Friday because <gasps> they asked us to like write something on Thursday night. And we were like, okay, well, but I've got a busy week with this other stuff, but okay, I'll, we'll figure it out. And I just felt a little anxious the whole week leading up to it, just being like, I don't know what this is going to be. Um, what was the um, direction of like what they did? Did they want a broad it, it just, idea or they were like gay Oompa No, no, no. It was um, last, the week before uh, Oompa Loompa, I did this other update that didn't make it to air that I was really kind of bent out of shape about. Mm. And so then they were like, well, we want Bowen on update again this week. And I was like, okay, can I do my thing that I did last week? They go, no. And I was like, okay. And then we just kind of, when Anna and I were just kind of tossing ideas back and forth. And I, as a full joke, was like, <laughs> well, here to comment on Timothy Chalamet as Willy Wonka is a is a gay Oompa Loompa. Like, I just like threw that out there as like a, a, just truly a throwaway. Oh my then, God, I'm so angry. And then, of course, that good. Well, no, no, no. And then Anna, and then Anna gets back to me. She was like, "Well, the producers love it, so we're doing it." And I was like, "Oh God!" Like, anyway. And so, I don't know. To be honest, like, I felt like there was a glut of like really like outwardly femi gay stuff that I was doing this week. And I, I, I don't think, I don't think it's from a place of internalized homophobia. I think I'm just like as just a performer, I'm like, I can do more than that. Right? Yeah. But, but it's fine. Like that's, this is my own weird, stupid fucked no, up. No, I'm sure I it's really think. layered. I'm sure there's, there's a proudness of uh, showing certain colors of you, but also like, of course, that desire to stretch and also to let, yes. let the audience know that there is more than what certain yeah. people in the world might just expect of a certain type of person. I get that. I think, I think I've like, I think I've like, set some mental model for like a person in in let's say Missouri mm-hmm. not even it doesn't even matter it's just like I've said like a person in New York even like yeah. who who thinks oh he's that guy who does the gay stuff on SNL and I'm like that's I'm happy to be that I also kind of want to like to just let people know that like there, there there's other stuff yeah um, but, but see, then, like, I, what I want, like, in this, like, moment of hangage with Bo and Yang, what I want you to feel now is, like, the normalization and validation of, like, how you t- carry that and handle that. Even from this conversation, I can tell, like, that is such a weight that I'm sure any person must feel. And, like, the, the way that you, I think, are able to look at the types of characters and types of work and try to put your best foot forward, but also know that there is like people in any state in the country that are going to have all these opinions. Like that is like a heavy burden that anyone would feel. And from my perspective, it seems like you really have do such a great job of living with that weight and then just continuing to do amazing work. Oh, that's very nice, Eric. I don't, that's, that's very nice. It's just, it, I think like the, the, the thesis statement is just like, fuck that must be so hard and also like you're killing it like that i can't you know that is a lot to i mean even with a platform of a a much smaller world like even with like uh, this podcast or anything or like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i've talked about how i've had a video on tiktok go big in a bad way you know of like Mm -hmm, you know getting mm -hmm. people angry or whatever it is and i think that not to bring this into another one of my favorites of your performances from last night just because it's also kind of fun and femi but like the bug assembly i think Uh like (laughs) has to even like i know that it spoke to so many people including queer people i watched that bug assembly so many times since that aired and like that's what i also wanted to ask you especially since we're in this part of the snl kind of behind the scenes i want like i want the inside the actor's studio so like the bug assembly like from pitch to stage like can you tell me how that came about so it was um a text that i got on tuesday from allison gage she's one of the supervising writers at snl um has written so many like 
also should get all the credit in the world for like really queering the place up mm. like a lot of great like specifically i'm just it's, it's not limited to but like a lot of specifically like lesbian content mm -hmm. like in terms of the writing and like it has a lot to do with her um in the, in the recent years of the show and she and i got hired the same year to write and she's she's just like truly one of the funniest people who um that, who i know but um texted me on tuesday hey um i have this the most legally stupid idea um in the world but i was staying in an, inter at an airbnb this summer with my mom and uh the shower was full of daddy long legs and i just spent the whole day not being over the fact that their name is daddy long legs <laughs> so so maybe it's you know an, a school assembly where kids are presenting and then she literally just like had the full pitch like realized and then you come out and like and then she said you come out in like vogue or whatever <laughs> like that's it she was like if you hate it it's fine we can i can take it to like another host some other week but this is just an idea and i was like what are you talking about that is so funny um and then interestingly so it was me allison and uh this other writer celestium who works at the show too mm -hmm. and the three of us were just sitting in in their office and we were trying to write like we were trying to pitch jokes about like a bad art friend sketch like a sketch based on that new york oh times article God. about our friend where it was just like you know like you know rami malik like reads from his book and then <laughs> at like the strand or something and like i'm in the audience being like hey did you write that thing about me like you know whatever stupid like inspired by bad art friends. Sure, sure, sure. um and then like we kind of hit a wall very early on we were like oh like there's just a lot of like moving parts to this and it's not as simple and straightforward as we think um but then allison was like well we, i was like well we have that daddy long legs thing and i was like oh right and then the three of us it was just like this wellspring of like all these different jokes and all three of us just kind of like rattled off these different like jokes that made it into the end and then we wrote it and then there was just this long discussion about the costume about like how many legs it would have how wide and like all these things and um who came up with the it. almost the almost death drop that you're too afraid to do that was that was me. That was me. I'd like just being like, just being like, hmm, you were about to do a death. Yeah, that was just like in the room. But it's like, it was just that's like the perfect. I mean, those moments are so to me, they're very rare where it's like it's just effortless and easy yeah. and it just comes out. Of I you. think I could. I think you the people watching it could tell because every joke that came out of your mouth was just like it was like you looked or I looked around the room I was sitting and just like, is everyone seeing this? And it's just me by myself. It's just like. <laughs> is so and the fact that you reference the judges that don't exist and don't uh, exist. the the bravo exec dad and the Re republican dad and i think like i think when you also yell about is there a mommy long legs and don't i how no, i freak out i'm about to freak out like get her out of here i just uh-huh yeah i i i wanna it was pretty stupid it was so really dumb so Wait, but this good. is i love it but like Conan O'Brien like finished his CBS show and he was like my, all my career I wanted to like be at the intersection of stupid and smart and I'm mm. not saying Daddy Longlegs is smart but it's very stupid <laughs> um and then he said so Conan said that and I like burst into tears because I was like because I because I like idolize him and he um and I think that's part that's like the perfect like inter that's that's the perfect little you know liminal or, or you know or, or just like venn diagram yeah like well i think it's also you know? what it shows me that i've really been trying to learn especially in the past two years is like stupid ideas like you're rattling off like the fact that you even mm -hmm. said like yeah gay oompa loompa that sees a till it's like uh-huh uh-huh I think that writing things down and or allowing like a dumb idea and to not judge it because so many oh, yeah. other people would have looked at any idea like that and been like, yeah, but like who would actually want to see that or whatever it is. And like how many other gay Oompa Loompas have this, has this world missed out on? <laughs> You're right. You're so right. Well, that's the thing. It's like I'm, I don't have that much of an awareness around when I self edit mm. and the first form of self editing so often is, someone going you're you telling yourself oh that idea would be bad oh uh, i mean Shutting, to shut it down at that level is like tough i swear to god this podcast was very close to being like why would i even do that and like and mm. then like it's just it's it's sad to think about creative people out there that are not allowing themselves to do something out of self-editing i mean yeah. also and i do i'm so glad you brought up the bad art friend thing too because i haven't spoken about it really with anyone it's just like i would be curious to see what an SNL sketch of Bad Art Friend would be because I I read it before it 
I was literally so the long story short of what my life is like right now, partly why I'm having like such if I were to say the word agita right now, would you be like, yeah, that's the right word? No, I that is the exact right word. Okay. I thought you were like, I no, it's not. Love, I love agita. I'm having such... The, use, the usage of it. The yeah. usage. Such agita in this moment because I'm surrounded <laughs> by boxes. I'm moving from New York City to LA in about 42 seconds, like, like in a week oh and a half. Oh my God. So... I was there a week ago looking apartment hunting and it was uh, a nightmare. But what distracted me from the nightmare was I saw randomly on Twitter that bad art friend had just been posted. And so I was reading it the fu- first full day I was there. And like it was before it was like in the zeitgeist of people in conversation. And so I was like, is yeah. any, again, like looking around by myself, is anyone reading this? And <laughs> then now that it's like I've had the week to digest it, like to see, because I'm sure that's kind of the magic of SNL, I think, is like, like you know, Squid Game is going to have a sketch and what is it going to be? Yeah, and yeah. you know that bad art friend could. But like, I do you think that there's still, is, is it too far gone now that next week there would be a, a bad art friend no, sketch? Not too far gone. I feel like it's just so funny to me that that, that that article even took off the way it did it, but it yeah. just but because i think it it kind of dominated twitter discourse in a way because writer twitter was actually like getting in a, like celeste ng was like popping off yeah you know and so like that got that like that like and then it became like a true Wendy williams what was that and like everyone sort of training their attention <laughs> on like what's going on over here I think that's what happened. Yeah, I'm probably, I'm probably butchering like this the sequence of it. But, well, I uh, think I think a lot happened. There's no way to get it right because then like what well, there's people <laughs> arguing about they're both wrong. One's wrong. Who's wrong? I feel like one's more wrong than the other. But I think the takeaway. I think I think who said this? Like, I think there was like um some uh, this writer on the new Gawker on Gawker said mm-hmm. like the, the takeaway is that all writers are annoying, including <laughs> me. You know, like. Every writer is so obnoxious and so insufferable. And I do agree. The fact that, yeah. No, no, you go, you go. Uh, well, I was just going to say, the fa- me and Celeste have talked about it, and like Celeste and I have talked about it, and the fact that they can subpoena your texts is, we're all going to jail. We're all going to jail. Could <laughs> not believe that the group texting about how fucking annoying this one person is. Like, I, I mean, if my texts were jail. subpoenaed, I... And I actually, like, especially, like, you know, like, the whole jokes about, like, the government, your computer, and, like, you're doing a show for the government official. I'm, like, every time I text something now, I do think about, like, what the government official would think of it, and I try to be a little more careful. But, like, before that awareness, I'm sure the subpoena would not look good for me, babe. Yeah, we all have this, like, collective awareness that, like, there's a surveillance around, like, all of our interactions. And we all have an annoying friend. And we all have an annoying friend or multiple annoying, you know, coworkers, yes. let's say. And so then, not that I have any annoying coworkers at SNL. But like, no, just like anyone they've even just like been in the world with. Like, exactly. There's exactly. going to be annoying ones and you're going to want to tell someone else that they were annoying. Exactly. So subpoena so, that government. Yeah. I just, that chills me to the bone. Chilling. You know what also chills me as I thought of today is I was scrolling my phone, minding my own, and I see that per- a person posted wedding photos of like, bridal party they were all heavily filtered on like an instagram heavy filter and i thought to myself now we're going to jail because you are now like doing like a glossed over orange tinted instagram photo on like your actual wedding day 2013 like 2013 exactly it's like we how far we have gone from the path yeah i mean i always say to those people like just read the news read the read a book like just catch up with the time we're in catch up catch up This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Babe, well, speaking of kind of straying from the path, I do want to get us back on course to ask a very famous podcast question, Bowen, which is we, we sit around the fire here and we say to ourselves, what made you gay? Whose fault? Who do we blame even? Mm-hmm. Bowen, what do you say? I thought long and hard about this question. Um, and for a second, it was hard for me to answer. Um, but then it became so obvious as soon as I had considered it, but it's, um, growing up in Montreal for a portion of my childhood, uh, Celine Dion really just kind of like did it all. Like she like was like, she was the, of course, like I mean, everyone, but it was easy to sort of take cover behind her growing up because everyone loved her where I lived. Like, oh, she's, I'm like, she's sure. Like, I mean, she's the deity. Canada of it Yeah. All. The, the Quebec of it all, she was, she was a deity and like you'd go on field trips at school and you could go to the cathedral. I mean, there's the big cathedral downtown, like is this landmark in, 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 um, in Montreal. But like the reason, the thing they would tell the kids, like five, six year olds, they would tell us is, you know, this is where Celine Dion got married. Like that was like <laughs> the whole appeal to it for us. And, you know, growing up with, her albums like let's talk about love was right was right around when titanic came out mm. and so it was a combination of titanic coming out and my heart will go on being this like fucking mega hit and then us like begging me and my sister begging my mom to buy let's talk about love when we went to costco or something and oh, then yeah. and then just like listening to it do you remember any tracks from that that were that really yeah. stand out to you Immortality, tell him. She, I think her duet with Barbara is oh, on that. Oh yes. Um, my, I think my heart will go on. Is like was like probably like buried in there as a way to like really sell it. Um, so she she does a song with the Bee Gees on it. Um, it's 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 interesting because I have not revisited it in like decades, mm-hmm. but it was this like it broke open every it like broke every dam in my mind in terms of like okay here we go now and then it was me like reading the liner notes reading the lyrics like singing along to the lyrics 
I forgot um, about a good booklet. liner note. Oh, when you would just yeah. pour through that little booklet. I know. It was like there's no like tactile experience anymore unless right. you're like really obsessed with finals. But um <laughs> wait, what was actually what was actually in those liner notes that was so engrossing? Just the lyrics. It was just the lyrics. Just the lyrics, right? And then at the end, it would be like a little special thanks or something. Like she, Well, at the end, she would like write like thank yous. And it was like, I'm reading what Celine Dion wrote down. You know, mm-hmm. like that was like so holy and sacred to me. I was like, oh my God. And then like she, you know, like there would be like concert specials that would air on TV all the time in Canada. And I would watch that. She probably did like some duet with Elton John. And then they went backstage with him and he like showed off his glasses collection. And I was like, when I, and then I was like, when I grow up, I'm going to have as many glasses as Elton John does. And I was like, wait a minute, that's, that's not like a little boy thing to say. And then um, like would perform like striptease numbers to Celine Dion songs, like in front of my family, they'd be like, no, Bowen, what are you doing? And like, And it was just so, like, she, like, really, like, gave me all all the contours of love and uh, Christine Dion, Celine Dion, like, we're we're all, like, pulling into focus the fact that I was, like, going to be going to be a gay boy it really that really speaks to me i think it brings so much up not only about like the diva worship of it all but also just celine i think that you probably felt such a connection to her because not only of just what makes her celine but somehow deep inside we must have known how weird she was and then when those videos yeah. started coming out years what i would say like how many years ago 10 years ago and it was like saturday uh-huh. so nope like she's yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, days yeah, of the yeah. week she's she's doing her warm-ups she's yeah. throwing water on her face i think right. that I would dare to say we do deserve Celine Dion because we've been through enough, but like we maybe almost don't because she, I think that she has also been through a lot and we, I think there must be something there about strong female performers with incredible talent that have also Mm -hmm. been through a very harrowing time. I mean, dare I go dramaturgically to Judy Garland? Dare I go to why Anna Nicole Smith was so beloved by so many queens? Dare I go to... What? Who? Brittany Murphy. Yo, yeah, of course. I need to watch that documentary. Me too. My friend Lindy was like begging me to watch it ASAP. Yeah. But that was yesterday. I'm still going to, I'm going to watch it this week. I will watch it. I hear it's incredible. Me too. Me too. I hear it's great. But yeah, there's just like, I think Celine, yeah. like, gosh, she's been through a lot. She's been through a lot. I think childhood is very hard. And then, you know, uh, the marriage is like a little questionable. And then the, and then like, obviously like her, like mourning, like, that that loss in her life mm-hmm. is actually is also like it kind of informs right because like, that was always Celine. an interesting sort of shadow dare i say of yeah because how much older was he he was renee was let's see Celine was born in 68 renee was born in 42 so 26 year difference like that's a lot that is not negligible that is like and she was and, like, she, very young when they she was like i think 15 Oh. Um, so that's that's what makes it a little troubling. But um, let's see, when did they meet? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Angelina and Dion were huge. Okay, sorry. Um, they married in 1994. Okay, they okay they dated in 88. Oh, okay, never mind. When she was 20. But I feel like that's so. Never mind. I take it back. But like, so he got a tape of her when she was 12. And then was managing her, and then, oh like, right, eight, eight, eight years later, they like were public in their relationship. So I'm like, I I can't, whatever. This is not for me to say. <laughs> anyway, Celine's been through a lot, and like I'm sure that was like, just that that, that loss is like, of course, like so. Yeah, so I mean, it's all. I, yeah. No matter what we say or feel or think about what happened. It's a lot, no matter what it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. it was, was a lot. Was a I lot. also, you know, what's so devastating about me is that when I'm thinking about all these women and like trying to come up with examples of like Brittany Murphy, all these things, my other thought was like, Garcelle. I mean, Garcelle and Beverly Hills. Garcelle. Like she has had a really tough life too, but like, God, has she had such a, such an amazing career life yeah. moment right yeah. now. And I think mm-hmm. that it's the only time I've wanted Lisa Rinna fired. I just want to throw that in. I mean, yeah. The, the fact that I was siding against Rinna is like, what's going on? Yeah. It's yeah. That, that's troubling. Speaking mm-hmm. of a young Celine, that's troubling. Um, so <laughs> I do, I do want to 
because a lot of people have asked me uh, in anticipation of That's the Gayest Podcast with Bo and Yang, when you had, uh, when Kim Kardashian was on, first of all, Kim, great, I think killed it. I think such yeah. a great job. I do think yeah. that my question for you is, were you surprised that one of the biggest takeaways online was that she didn't write her monologue? It's like, hello, no one does. Well, I'm just, I'm not surprised that people don't, generally don't understand Mm -hmm. like the ins and outs of the writing at the show. Like it's just, it's not terribly, I think it's gotten more transparent in recent years where people are like, Oh, there are writers on the sketches and Mm -hmm. there, there are writers on the monologue. And I just think that there was a different audience that was trained on to this moment in Kim's career where they're like, they just assume that, I don't know. They, they just come in with assumptions about Kim. And then in order to like, conf- to validate those assumptions, they like will really try to find, find a roundabout way to be like, see, she's not good at what she's doing. Like she didn't write that monologue. It's like, yeah, well, none of the hosts, almost none of the hosts do unless they're like a stand-up comic, you know? Right. So, and the fact that she sold it so well, I thought was like, and, and that's what I was so impressed by her is like, and of course the cut for time sketch of, of, the Costco of it all of like oh right <laughs> I mean Kim I thought and I really am not like trying to uh, patronize her or or no no you know, I I think that she just like it I don't know anything about what it would be like to host SNL mm-hmm. but what I do know is that to do something out of your comfort zone like that on such a so big platform scary. it's scary and there are so many skills that you like with I mean. I can't even begin to imagine the teleprompter of it all and then the the audience and the cameras and the and the marks and whatever it is. And I think that Kim like really sold it all and just like really did great. She was just very like steady all week. Like and like our stage managers were like just told her, um, you know, like people usually aren't this calm. Yeah. Like, she was very calm, but like not calm and like um I'm going to say like a vacant way. Like she was just very present the whole time. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Like you could I tell stand- she didn't feel above any of it. I just felt like she was so no. putting herself into the process. And that yeah. was like, make, made me really team Kim. Yeah. She, um, and she like, you know, like had like um her friends there who I think help her out with the skims, but they're also like, they, but then like there are these two like cool women Asian women who run like a climate change org, like which I think says a lot about like who she sur- like her, yeah. who she surrounds herself with. Like I think it says a lot about like her and like she really is like going all in on this like um this law this 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 law thing mm-hmm. in terms of like getting people out of prison. Like she's taking her bar in like a week, you know. Like she's taking the bar. Sorry, she's taking the bar in like a week, and I just think she's um you know she's very impressive. And she's able to do all these things with her resources in a way that, like, it's not like, it's, like I think, like, most, like, I would say, I, I have this conception, that, like, a lot of wealthy people just, like, don't know what, to, literally don't know what to do with their money. Right. You know? And then, like, I'm not, like, I, unfortunately, I stand a billionaire, technically, because she's, she's <laughs> in the billionaire zone. But, like, she, you know, like... Is doing I think we're allowed to. I, I dare I don't say know that, that we're, we're allowed, to, allowed to. I think, like, Kim getting people who have been wrongly incarcerated like i think it's pretty i feel the most okay about like how are there any other billionaires i would feel this okay about standing well this is the thing like any other billionaire who wants to go to space will say like it's for the advancement of humankind when it's really about like and it's just an ego thing and they like to play with toy cars and toy shuttles and then actually have their space dreams come true to like i really think that that is like that's to me that's like a, a stupid arbitrary difference between like that kind of like indulgence and i don't think it's an indulgence of her to like no. try to like get inc- wrongly incarcerated people and take of- the bar exam and like actually do good with that it's like i sh- i and listen i don't think that kim is like the most like blameless like perfect angel i just i think sure. that she really like the, the snl thing i just think it really swayed me recently of just like if you were sh- if you show respect to the people that I love, <laughs> there you then go. I love I mean, you like, more. She like 
I think she like everyone is pretty taken with her. And like I I wasn't like too surprised at that. I knew she would be like a very charismatic person. Like she's who she is for a reason. But um I do have to ask, unfortunately, I'm contractually obligated to ask if Courtney and Travis visited. Um, it was interesting. Courtney and Travis were there this past week with Young Thug because Travis was playing drums right. for Young Thug. Right. And so and so Courtney was not there for Kim's week, but Chloe and Chris were, and I think Scott, they flew out to Scott. I don't know that much. I don't watch um Card- I didn't I never watched Kardashians, unfortunately. I'm I'm I, married I to someone who who does and mm-hmm. sort of peripherally will hear about and um you know, I think <laughs> that they are engaged and that they are doing that. Mm. Well, who, who's they? Courtney and Travis? They are as of very yes, recently as of, engaged. As of yesterday, and, um, I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think what we all should be asking ourselves is, how is Amelia Hamlin doing? I think... Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Wait, how does Amelia fit into all this? So I'm, Scott also... Disick dated Lisa dated and Harry Hamlin's daughter, Amelia, yeah. and they broke up. And so <laughs> I was like Ada being the seeing of like, okay, so I wonder how Scott's feeling now that mm-hmm. Courtney's engaged to another man. And then I wonder how Amelia is Amelia's reading the news. Feeling. And then I wonder if Lisa's mad that she's no longer in... Like, per, like just... Um, in the press. Kind of by proxy associated with the Kardashians yeah. necessarily. I do I do want to say that in terms of all the celebrity talk when you went to the Emmys who who like, who smelled the best? Who smelled the best? Um I didn't really go up to anybody. But I mean Jean Smart hugged me and then like oh. that was like that was really heavenly. I think she I'm, I'm she's she did smell very good. She wore really nice. She just like wore a really tasteful chic dress her hair was so perfect i mean Mm. like she just looked so beautiful and i got to meet her i got to meet her son who she talked to me about when we did actors on actors like um in the summer and i was just like i can't believe i get to like say hello to you and like this is crazy did you pick Um, up the clear heels where when did that come into the picture that that was um so Ian Bradley, um, wonderful stylist. We were just going through different options, and then we landed on like traditional tux, even though we like had all these flights of fancy about like doing something very different. Mm-hmm. But then like we put I, I put the tux, and I was like, it's got to have some element of intrigue and or interest. And then um this this heels uh, label zero, uh, who are friends, and um are like brilliant 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 designers um make these heels and it was like and they came out this metallic one that was sold out but then ian was able to get those and then i was like let's go with the metallic ones it was between the metallic ones or just black leather and then i was like i I think that's what they were i was like i think i think i wish they were clear oh my god like you couldn't see i wish they were clear and that there was nothing in them you couldn't see my feet (laughs) like i wish my feet were also transparent oh um, that would have been cool but then yeah but then that was it it's so I just it, the fact that it was so cool to watch and like I think that next year is going to be incredible to see Jennifer Coolidge getting her due. Oh my god! And the fact that that she, room oh. when she presented, it was like everybody was like, "Oh my god!" Here, there's Jennifer. Everybody, shut the hell up and listen to what this woman has to say. And that is the correct reaction. And I think the other correct reaction is to put her in season two of White Lotus. Thank fucking God. I know when they said like, oh no, no returning characters from season one. I'm like, well, you gotta have at least Jay Cool, Jay Cool, or no, or I'm out, or I'm not or watching. Bust. I would take Connie, but then that would mean like the rest of the family. I hope Natasha Rothwell comes back. She better. I mean, I we need to have some sort of come up and some closure. Some she she deserves the world, and if if I we don't know. get her in season two, I I think they they should. They'll do the right thing. Oh, did they ever close the loop on um? Because I remember Jennifer Coolidge's character gives Natasha, spoiler alert for White Lotus, um, gives like her a bunch of cash. And then I think I think Natasha just cries and then puts the cash in a drawer. Right. But oh, I hope I, I hope think... she made off with that. I, I do she... too. I just because I think when you're when you're watching the show, you have in your gut that you know it's not gonna go well for her. Right. But right. I don't uh... think that that needs to be the be all end all for Natasha character Natasha Rothwell's character. I think that like mm-hmm. we can have her in season two, and I think that we deserve that. Um, speaking of these these women, I do want to ask you if the world was ending, mm-hmm. you can only save one character actress. Who would you save? That's so hard. I would probably. I'm gonna. There's my. I think I've narrowed it down to like 
oh, let's see. Like, <laughs> I have this weird obsession with Missy Pyle. <laughs> and like, but I feel like she hasn't, I, I don't know. I feel like that's not so, so someone that people like root for. I, but I, I think we love, love to hate, but then by loving to hate. But I just love Missy Pyle so much. And then let me just see, okay, these other names. I mean, it's Missy Pyle for me. Like she really like, when she was in Josie and the Pussycats, I was like, who the fuck is, I was like, it was a true, it was like that that character actress thing where you're like, who is this person who's coming in for like two scenes mm-hmm. and is stealing the whole thing for me. And that's like, that's like for me, like what a character actress should do in that relegated role. It's not Absolutely. that all character actors are relegated to that, but like that is you doing the job well. Doing the job well. Can... And I'm pulling up her IMDb right now because she has been in so many things that you're just like, oh my God. And then she in does. In Ma, and like in Ma, like she gets fucking run over by, by Octavia and like. Okay, just... I cannot, I haven't watched, but I'm so glad that you said that because now I have to watch because I've, I've seen all the memes and I just know I have to watch it. I know. Like if you've seen the memes, you've seen it all. <laughs> and like, I think it's a, it's just like, I hope they make a sequel and I think Octavia like wants it to happen. Oh, right. Um, I'm sh- I mean, like, I, I just love that Octavia loves it. I do too. I do. And wait, didn't Octavia <laughs> just comment like and create a drama on someone's Instagram? Was it with Britney Spears? Oh, no, I don't know about this. She, I think she like commented, oh, make sure you get a prenup girl like when she got engaged. And, oh. then, and then it created a shitstorm and she had to come up with a statement. Oh, poor Octavia. Poor Octavia. But also Missy Pyle is in Gone Girl. I forgot she had a moment in that. Oh, that's right. She, I, I could have sworn, okay, please do not cancel me if I'm wrong, but don't you remember that movie that was like an Oscar nominee that was a black and white film that was like a silent film that was made like the two- artist the artist wasn't she in the artist i don't think i think that was like an all french cast Fuck. wait hold on maybe that's someone else it might be someone else but she was in um she was oh she was in charlie and the chocolate factory i think she was mike tv's mom or she was like, oh one of that's the kids. right she, she was, was in the was... artist. She was in the artist. Oh, okay. I'm, then I apologize. It says so Constance. Sorry. She played the character of Constance. Constance. She had some random part, and I was like, "Is that Missy?" Like, I just remember watching that, and like that's the character actress moment. Where you're like, yeah. "You're doing your damn fucking job. You are doing, doing your, your job." job. Yeah, yeah. What a yep. great answer, and... no, Bo. And that is a very good answer, and you should feel proud. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, before we actually close out, I did want to make sure to ask you because one of my the things I'm looking forward to the most is the. I would say film of the century is Fire Island. Can you <laughs> just like, I'm like so, so fucking pumped for this. I'm not like, oh. I really mean that. I just think that this movie is, is so exciting. Can you give us any either dirt tease moment from set from anything behind BTS? The, the BTS was just that it was like surreal the whole time was that it was like, Oh my God. Like this is like, for me, it like checked every box in terms of a movie that I wanted to see, I would that yeah. I would watch. Exactly, like, that's I, what I'm feeling. Like, like, I cannot wait to watch this movie. Like a Jane Austen inspired rom com set in the present day. Like, set in fire. I mean, up and down the call sheet, everyone was queer. Like, first AD. Like every like every person was like just so wonderful. Um, Do you know just, when? I don't. I really don't. But um, I hope. I hope sometime next summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just. I never. I. 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 I had never gotten the chance to like actually do something that was like that was like emotionally anchored, um, by by the writing and really like did the actorly thing of like writing down like my character's like backstory yeah. and like really like kind of like going through things scene by scene and being like, what am I, like, what is, what's going on here? Like, I, I hadn't done that before ever. Um, and as someone who like, didn't like train that way, who, 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 whose only training was like screaming, being a fucking idiot in a sketch comedy. Like, I don't like, this was like a fully different modality to, to work in. And <sighs> this is just me talking about myself. Like that was just so perfect and gratifying to do. And then like, just doing it with like Joel um, was like surreal because it was like kind of a lot of it, like it's based on Pride and Prejudice, of course, but like a lot of like the dynamics between like mm-hmm. Jane and Liz 
like the reason why Andrew on signed on to the movie was because he was like, I just love that this is Pride and Prejudice, but it's it's about the sisters. Yeah. It's, it's more, you're more focused about the sisters than you are about like the romance in some ways. And so um, Joel wrote like our characters relationship sort of based on like him and I going to Fire Island, like very early on, like six years ago when like, you know, we were just kind of like awkwardly trundling through being like, I don't think we, wait, how do we, how, like, where do we fit into this, you know? And so that I think is a really interesting exploration. And it's like an honest, it's a very honest look at like how Fire Island is. Um, and so I just, I just couldn't believe we worked there. I couldn't believe like everyone was so welcoming of us. I mean, there were people of course who complained, but um, <laughs> overall, like I ran into every single person who like was staying on the island who, who like was spending their whole summer there. They were just like, oh my gosh, it's so fun that you guys are here. I was like, are you sure? Because I just, my worst fear is that it disrupts like life for you guys. And and like, for the most part, people were like, just like kind of thrilled. And I think, I hope that that like, I hope that like they enjoy it. I hope that like for queers, we enjoy it because like, it's this thing where again, up and down the call sheet, it's, it's queer people. Like, uh, and so I hope it comes off as something authentic when it when it when it when it gets released and people see it i think that's I think why i'm so excited for it yeah and i think we're this is not a read i think this is just like where we're at right now is like this community for lack of a better word it's like which we are i don't know why i'm saying that but um i just i think we're hard on each other about when about if something is like fulfilling what we like sort of blue sky in our, in our own thoughts, you know, like, yeah, there's, I, th- I think there are, there are really valid expectations um, that are placed on queer work, but sometimes I feel like um, we, I feel like it's, it's, it's somewhat tempting to like bring some little ounce of bad faith into things for, for again, valid reasons, reasons that have to do with like scarcity or, um, defining what like the community wants and all these things and i just think that um i really hope that this sort of gets to like mm, mm, transcend that i i i totally understand what you're saying and i think that we talk about a lot on this podcast about sort of queer people watching something and i think if it doesn't speak to either their exact experience or Mm -hmm. maybe coming from that place of scarcity or whatever it is that desire to knock it or exaggerate what they might not like about it i think mm-hmm. is something that might have been one of the voices in my head that maybe wants to censor an idea sometimes it's because of that fear maybe and i think that reading this idea and also i think just like because speaking for myself i have so much faith in joel in you in matt and all the people i know oh, that are, are involved with it i think that there's I want like I feel so excited and ready to fangirl the shit out of it and just like and you can you can you can not fangirl it once it, when you watch it and you're like oh I hate this watch like, me you... go harder than I did on Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> can you imagine I mean like everyone everyone is allowed to like yeah react the way they sh- they they should react I just feel like um you know it's I think we're all figuring it out together like on on either side of it we're all yes. sort of learning what like what we should be doing totally and i think i think yeah i think a nice non-judgmental space for everybody is like right right on the money i think oh, like, I... I would love i would love to not judge the audience for their reaction to it um and because that that that's like my greatest fear is to like mm-hmm. have some sort of contempt for like the people who are like consuming something like that is like the worst possible relationship you could you could have in terms of like putting your art out there and so um, I really want to like not get to that place ever, 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 ever. because there are people, because there are people who do. And I think it, I think things suffer because of that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm breathing in on that non-judgmental space and breathing out <laughs> the fucking love of it all. I, I just could not be a bigger fan. And before we say goodbye, I do want to really ask the most divisive question, which is Bonnie. Yes. What is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Oh my god, I'm going to say something so controversial. <laughs> and it is mm, Rat Race. Oh. 
you know, I've heard, I've seen some people be tempted by R squared, and yet you went straight down I the went line. Straight, straight down the line. It's the original Squid Game, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's pretty well, good. Well, a perfect answer has never, more perfect answer has never been said. Bone Yang, thank you for coming <laughs> on the Sakaya's podcast. I'm so grateful, and I cannot wait to see more magic on screen, on stage, in person, and beyond. Thanks, Aaron. Oh, what a dream. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.